one of the most important factors that led to me ultimately choosing to begin to practice mindfulness was kind of a combination of really two things that really, in, in my mind, feel like one thing, because that's what it felt like to experience it. I was miserable and in pain more emotionally than physically, although that did, you know, alternate from time to time. I was, you know, miserable and in pain in the present moment, and a lot of that was driven by my fear about what would happen in the future. And I've talked to numerous people here just recently, and I'm finding that, and I think it, you know, probably has to do, you know, some with where we find ourselves, uh, you know, as a society today in terms of the, you know, the, the human race, uh, you know, all the different things that are going on in the world. And it's not to say that there haven't always been certain challenges that we as humans have had to deal with. But I know that uh, there is, a, you know, there, there definitely appears to be a lot of uncertainty and chaos that's out there. And I realize also there is peace and there are good things as well. It's, uh, it's all really just a matter of our perspective. But I know that each of us are in different situations, and I don't think there's any one way of looking at it that really holds true for all of us. We're all, you know, dealing with different things, struggling with different things, and in different life situations. But I look at, for, and I think for me, and, I, and also for a lot of people I've talked to, there seems to be some sort of life change or life event that seems to bring about an increased level of anxiety or worry about the future. It might be a job change, it might be a job loss, maybe a family situation, a physical situation of some sort, an illness. You know, there's something that, you know, you get to a place where things shift. And I know that as someone who I struggle, have struggled more with depression than anxiety, my anxiety tends to be, instead of being chronic, it tends to be more situational. My daughter has struggled all of her life with chronic anxiety. So as someone who has parented someone who is now grown and has a family of their own, who still, even today, as recently as a couple of days ago, called me to reach out because I am one of her people that support her when she is struggling with anxiety. And I know that, you know, the, the anxiety can be chronic and that, you know, it can be felt even when there's not an external event that, that precipitates it or causes it. And then there is the situational flavor of this, which is just we tend to fear or have anxiety about things that are happening in the future or about things that we don't know what will happen in the future. And I was thinking a lot about this because I know that in terms of mindfulness, one of the easiest ways to lose touch with where we are in any given moment, the the easiest way for us to lose touch with what is actually going on right here, right now, is to be fearful of what will happen in the future. And I am very, very familiar. I have traveled this road most of my life, spent so much of my life, so much of my time, and so much of my energy being somewhere else because I did not know. I worry, I feared certain things happening in the future, and I didn't know if they would happen or not, but yet that's where I was. And it, what amazes me is 
is that it can become a lifestyle. And that is said with nothing but love and respect because I, I made it my lifestyle for many, many years. And I still uh, fall prey to it now. It happens, you know, it still happens. I can still spend hours or days, you know, being worried about what will happen in the future, worrying about my safety, worrying about my security, my family's safety and security, uh, you know, worried about my economic security, worried about being able to meet basic needs. Uh, as I'm getting older, I'm worrying about what my health will be like five years or ten years from now. I worry about what the world will be like five to ten years from now. There's so many things you know, happening in so many different places that we can either widen out the lens or we can narrow it in just on ourselves. But it is difficult. And I remember probably, you know, and and when I speak about this, this is basically spoken from someone who has lived this and still does. And I don't know if I will ever stop struggling with suffering in the present moment because I'm worried about something that will happen in the future. The only thing that has really helped me with this in addition to practicing mindfulness is to understand that there, at least in my mind, are really two different types of future events, or current events for that matter. There are the events and situations that I bring upon myself or have brought upon myself in situations where I've made ineffective choices for myself or, and it's not, and it's not that there's anything wrong with me or that I'm judging myself. It's easy to do that. I mean, it's definitely easy to fall into the trap of beating myself up or judging myself harshly, you know, emotionally speaking because of of an ineffective choice that I made. And I know that I can't, one thing I know for sure, I can't go back and change the past. I can't go back and change history. I can make better choices today. I can learn from that, but I can't go back and change it. And so there are certain situations that I deal with in the present due to things or choices that I've made in the past. And some of those things can be changed and some of them can't. Some of these things I have to live out. And I know that you know that lots of different traditions have a lot of different lot as far as religious or spiritual traditions speak about you know what you know what we deal with in terms of what we did in the past. I have tended to really look at this in terms of what Buddhists refer to as karma and living that out and realizing that some of these things I cannot I mean as much as I don't like what I'm having to go through or what I've caused others to go through in the present or even what they had to go through in the past, there's some of these things I can't change because I made ineffective choices in the past. And so there is anxiety and worry over, you know, what difficulties I'm going to go through as well as my family or anyone that I love and care about as a result of my ineffective choices, me not choosing what was best for me at the time. And so there can be fear and worry over that. And I can find myself in situations where I'm not really here, you know, I'm not, I, I, I can literally get to a point, I can get to a point where I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. I can get so wrapped up in the trance of fear and worry and anxiety that I'm not really even here. And I know that it's easy to say, you know, I've heard, I've had people say that to me before, you know, don't worry, Jeff, it's going to be okay. Stop worrying. 
it's easy to say, and I really honestly try never to say it to anyone else because it's easy to say. It's so hard to do. It's so difficult to not worry sometimes. And I know that for me, the, the, the most sure, the surest path to get out of the cycle of worry and anxiety and fear is to be aware that, that my mind is caught up in that again. And once I become aware of that, it may take a little bit to let go of it because I'm clinging, I'm clinging to a need to fear and to worry. And I'm somehow trying to find safety and security and clinging to it. And I'm not really here dealing with what is right here and right now. There are good, you know, there are good, if there are good things happening, I can't see any of it. If there's anything for me to be thankful and grateful for, and I feel like there generally always is something, if not multiple things, or people to be grateful for, or, you know, situations that actually are feeding us and that are good for us and that nourish us. We can't see any of that when we're somewhere else caught up in the trance of fear and worry and anxiety. So for me, the, the, the most effective coping mechanism has been mindfulness practice and what I refer to as mindful coping practice. And then you have the whole other side of worry and fear and uncertainty, and those are dealing with the things that we can't control. It has nothing to do with any previous choices that we've made or any decisions that we've made. It's just the fact that as humans, we are limited in terms of there is so much in this life, so much in this world, so much in this universe that we cannot control. No matter what we choose, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much effort we put into it, there are things that we cannot control. And sometimes in life, we have to put ourselves in situations where there is some uncertainty, there is some doubt. I remember one time my father saying when I was a child, I was talking about being worried or fearful about going somewhere, and he literally said to me, you know, Jeff, you just, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's uncertain, you just deciding to walk out the front door. And there really is some truth to that. You know, we can't necessarily hide from everything that we can't control. We can't necessarily you know, withdraw from life. And I know there are a lot of reasons that are compelling reasons to do so, but I know that it's not really what's best for me. It's not going to really allow me to be healthy and whole. It's not going to nourish me or feed me in any way to, you know, to be holed up somewhere hiding out where I think it's safe because it's probably not even safe there. And for me, one of the safest places or what I thought was the safest place was in the confines of my own mind. I could actually live in my head. I could spend days, weeks, months, years. And during years of really severe chronic depression, I did that. And I believed that I was safe there. But the problem with it was is that I, was, I lived there, metaphorically speaking, because I thought I could control everything, first of all. I didn't have to deal with anything that made me fearful or worried or anxious. But yet I did, because I, what I would do is I would, I would believe that I could control the environment. But I, when I really took a deeper look at this and really got clear about it, I was spending most of my time in fear, worry, and anxiety. Because I, I did not want to lose my safe place. I did not want, I, I wanted to make sure that I could stay there. And so that even, it's almost like, 
it's one of these things with fear and uncertainty. It almost feels like that there's nowhere really to run and hide. That the only way, I heard someone say once, the only way to get to get over it is to get through it, is to face it head on. And that almost sounds like one of those, uh, you know, one of those platitudes that people seem to say to us at some of the worst times when we're really struggling and we don't want to hear any wisdom. We don't want to hear those things, especially if we're really in the trance of fear and worry and anxiety. And the best way that I was able to, and I think sometimes one of the best teaching tools, one of the best examples for us to really get a visual on this predicament that we seem to have, and I do refer to it as a predicament. It is what I call the human predicament. There, you know, there are always going to be things to be feel uncertain about. There are always going to be things to be fearful of. There are always going to be things to be anxious about. And I remember years ago, my daughter struggled with flying. She was, you know, for some reason, we found out later after, you know, after some time spent in therapy, we determined you know, what was causing that. But during her teenage years, she developed this sudden fear of flying and she would fly, but it would be very difficult because we would spend weeks leading up to her departure someplace with her completely stuck in fear and anxiety and worry. And it just got worse as that departure time got nearer. And for some reason, I don't know why, it was just something that came to me, but I think it's one of the best metaphors that's, that helps me. And this is something that I say to myself, uh, or I think it at least, that helps me during times when I am in fear of things that I can't control. She, we would, I would try to debate with her, and I realized one of the most futile and, and pointless things that, you, that someone can do is to try to engage in a debate with someone or even engage in a debate with oneself about, you know, trying to talk, you know, someone else or yourself out of feeling anxious, to try to talk yourself, because I think, and that really illustrates another point that just really kind of came up and that was unexpected, that it can be very challenging to talk ourselves out of, to just try to will ourselves to not be anxious, to try to brute force, you know, and just force ourselves to not be anxious anymore. You know, to try to convince ourselves that there's really no need to be anxious. And what I, when I say that, it is because I, I used to try to do it. I, once I was aware, if I could become aware that I was anxious or fearful or worried, you know, instead of just sitting with those feelings, I didn't want to sit with those feelings because they were uncomfortable. They made me miserable. I let them make me miserable. I suffered because I chose to suffer, to let that, those things cause suffering for me because I felt those things in my body. I, it, I was very visceral and it didn't feel good and I didn't like the way it felt. And I don't think anyone likes the way it feels to be anxious, to be fearful, to be uncertain about what the future brings. Uh, there's so many things to worry about. We can worry about our relationships, our families, our job situations. There's so many different things we can worry about, our health, our overall well-being, our safety, that we can get so caught up in this that, you know, we, we just want to make it go away. And I know that one of the, you know, one of the ways, there's several ways that we can try to make that bad feeling go away. We can divert, you know, divert our attention to something else or try to distract ourselves in some way 
to entertain ourselves out of it or to just distract ourselves in some way. We can try to just brute force and try to just will ourselves to stop feeling this way. We can try to do what's called fake it until you make it to just pretend like we're not fearful anymore or anxious. And I'm not making light of any of these things or saying that any of these things are wrong. I just know that in my own experience, when I tried, and I've tried to use all these various methods, and I, and I found that it really just didn't work. I could even just sit and wish that I would no longer be anxious. I'd realize intellectually that I was really causing suffering for myself, and so I would just pine away for, for hours wishing that I didn't feel this way, feeling sorry for myself, feeling like a victim. The only thing that has helped me to be able to cope with anxiety and worry and fear and uncertainty is to not wish it away, but to really embrace it. To really embrace the fact that I am human, that there are always going to be situations that I can't control, and that it's just by virtue of what it means to be human living in this world that we live in, living in this universe that we live in. It is just unavoidable to live a life that does not involve some uncertainty about the future and not knowing what the future will bring. We just are not privy to that information. We just don't know. We can plan that, you know, we can plan the best we can. We can set goals. We can have intentions. But at the end of the day, and I know everyone knows this, this is not, you know, this is not rocket science. But I think taking a deeper look at it again can really be beneficial and therapeutic to realize, to just accept the fact that we're vulnerable. I mean, to really, and not just to say it, but really feel it. And I know that's scary. And I know that is very unsettling. But I have found that, and it's not something that you can just do once and then you're done with it. I spent many years, you know, my practice centered around being very mindful of the fact that I was, you know, caught up in a trance of fear and worry and uncertainty and of not knowing what the future will bring. And not, you know, not knowing if I really was enough, if I really was doing enough. If You know, there's so many different ways that we can torture ourselves needlessly about whether we're good enough, whether we're doing enough, whether we're worthy enough. There's just so many ways in which we can make ourselves feel so inadequate and, and inadequately, inadequately prepared for an uncertain future that it's, we can get to a point where we can get so wrapped up in that that we're not going to do anything at all. And I've been there, and I know what that feels like. And my heart goes out to anyone who is there or who has spent time there. And I'm certainly available to, to speak to anyone or communicate with anyone who finds themselves there or has found themselves there in the past and still struggling with it to a certain degree. It is, it is very easy to find yourself there. And for me, the only way that I have been able to really deal with that has been to develop a practice. And that is really where, for me, mindful coping came from. It's that, it, it's that you know, being mindful in of itself is very important, and it's certainly the foundation. And we can't really cope, at least in my mind, I can't cope with life and all the uncertainties of life and all the unpredictability about life. And all of the not knowing is, is it's referred to about what the, what the future will bring. If I can't I can't cope, if I'm unless I'm first mindful of the fact that I'm struggling with being vulnerable, 
that I'm struggling with not knowing and that and, and, and there's no way to really fix that. I can try to delude myself into thinking that I can fix it, but I really can't. So once I gave up the need to believe that I could change it, that I could make myself uh, not uh, open and vulnerable in any way, I realized that I could embrace it. And the more that I could embrace it, I found that I could catch myself even even after I accepted it and really realized it from time to time is with anyone else in life, there are things that come up, new things to worry about, maybe that we haven't worried about before or things that keep recurring over and over again. And that's really kind of outside of the scope of this discussion. You know, there are different people who struggle with, you know, current feelings that they have that are based on life traumas, in some cases from childhood from many years ago. And there are different ways, there are different, there are different healing modalities to deal with those things, but that is really outside of the realm of mindfulness or mindful coping. The mindfulness and the mindful coping are those bases of support to help us deal with day-to-day life and the ways in which we struggle with what we're dealing with and with the way that life is. But Ultimately, if things keep coming up over and over again, it's generally a sign. I can't say it's a guarantee, but it's generally an indicator that there is something that's happened to us in the past that we have a need to be able to heal and release. And there are different ways to do that. And if anyone has any questions or recommendations in terms of what kind of people to, uh, in terms of healing professionals to see, I'm certainly glad to provide any advice that I can. I'm not a professional myself, but clearly always glad to help anyone along the journey that's, that's looking for those resources. So now we've gotten to a place where we can see that, you know, by ultimately making our peace with the fact that we're vulnerable, utilizing mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice to deal with being mindful, what I refer to as mindful on our feet, dealing with all the situations that we do out in the world, in our lives, with our families, with our own individual unique life situations. I will end this by sharing probably the best metaphor for how vulnerable we really are in life and how much we can cause suffering for ourselves even though we can know that we are vulnerable and have embraced it. And it's something that we have to keep coming back to the present moment and remembering that we're vulnerable and that we can't necessarily protect ourselves against everything. My daughter was going to take a long flight and she was very worried about it and it just literally came to me. I was I tried to debate with her and this is kind of going back to what I was saying previously. I was trying, I mean because I love her and care about her, I was trying to talk her out of being anxious. And I, you know, I know now that it wasn't the right way to go, but I, you know, we love and we care about people. And so sometimes it's just a knee jerk reaction. We want to do something. We want to relieve their suffering. And I got to a point where I was just banging my head against the wall, metaphorically speaking, and I just wasn't getting anywhere with her. I just wasn't reaching her. So finally I looked at her in a very loving way. And I said, I want you to understand something. That plane is going to take off. If you really want to go, and I wasn't going to force her to get on the plane, and I wasn't going to force her to go, but she wanted to go. And I said to her that ultimately the plane, when you get on that plane, you can sit there and you can scream, you can cry, you can lose your mind out of fear. You can literally go into what they refer to as a catatonic state where you can't even function anymore. You can literally lose your mind. And here's what happens. This is what the present moment looks like. You're completely flipping out and losing your mind, having a complete emotional breakdown or an emotional meltdown. 
you're, you're completely out of touch with the present moment. You're completely out of touch with the fact that everything is really okay in this present moment as the plane is taking off. And what happens is that the plane, no matter how you feel, no matter how vulnerable, no matter how scared you are, no matter how much you fear what could possibly happen to that airplane, as you are going through that and causing yourself suffering and envisioning future scenarios where something bad happens and then your body feels the pain of what you think could happen, you're putting yourself through all these gyrations. The plane simply, if you, if you were just looking at the reality of what's happening in that moment, while you are doing that, doing whatever you're doing to yourself, the plane basically, imagine yourself on that plane and you're doing whatever you're doing to yourself because you're scared and fearful. The plane simply takes off, it levels out, it flies for a period of time, and all the while, here you, you, know, here you are doing all these things, to, or me doing it to myself, whoever it is. The plane simply flies, and then it lands. And no matter what we do to ourselves, we're so fearful about what might happen on that airplane. To me, that airplane is a metaphor for life. We can spend our entire lives... And I, I feel like this is, this is so appropriate even for me to hear myself say this. This is so healing for me. It, you know, I know that I can do this, anything to myself to cause myself suffering. And I do it while that plane is, is, is taking off. It levels off. It flies to its destination. And it lands. It has no uh, regard for what I'm putting myself through. It simply does what it does. And whatever will happen to that airplane is completely out of my control. It's going to do what it's going to do no matter what. And in 9.9 you know, out of 10 times, or whatever the statistics are, I don't even know what they are, the plane takes off, it flies, and it lands. And I really believe that the same thing is true with life. And I realize there are things sometimes in life that don't go our way and that things are, there are disappointments and there are things that don't go well. But I know that if I, you know, if I think about putting myself through all of this misery that I can put myself through, in a lot of cases, I would think that things go okay more often than they don't. But I realize everybody is different. But it's really a matter of reducing the amount of suffering that we cause ourselves and realizing that life just really does what it does. Sure, we can make choices and, and plan and do our best, but there's so much that we can't control. All we can do is make the best choices that we can, prepare and do our best, and the rest is really just that plane taking off, flying, and landing. And that really brings me comfort and reminds me because I still struggle with this even today.